Good day, good day, good day, everybody. This is Coffee Conversations with Father David. And I'm Deacon Bob. Hope you're doing well today. It's uh, It's been a little while since we've uh, since we've gotten together. Took a little, um, took a little, uh, little break. We did. What was that, about a week? Uh, probably two weeks. Two it's, weeks? If time flies. Well, it's been... It's been really busy around here, um, so apologies about the the podcast not coming out. But we, uh, yeah, just been really really busy with school stuff and uh, meetings and uh, district. We had a district meeting this afternoon, uh, so the parishes around our, our our area got together for a meeting about you know kind of what's going on. And it's the first time in in eighteen months we got yeah. together. It was nice. I, I like being able to see all my friends that we haven't seen for a while and you get together with people sure. that are in the same type of ministry or yeah. various parishes. Yeah. They even gave us uh, name tags so we, <laughs> so we could like know each other again. Well, <laughs> like and it's... part of that is it's uh, how they take attendance. Oh, wow. Well, sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's been, it was a really good experience. Yeah. So. And they had pizza for lunch. Yeah. St. Javiani's makes their own. Yeah, yeah, they have that. I cater- was really impressed. They have that catering service and everything. Like, wow. So, uh, so I didn't. I didn't eat too much before the meeting, though, because you know, <laughs> I need too much at the meeting because then I just fall asleep. Correct. It's just like, correct. Wake me up at the end. Correct. But no, it's been uh, it's been really good. I think last time we podcasted was um, uh, with the school retreats with Father Eric. Oh, that's right. Which was good. Those went well. Uh, those went really well, but. And I was out of town for a week for a conference in, in Minneapolis. So first time in Minneapolis I'd ever been. You ever been? I was there for um, like a teacher conference one time. Right. And I thought it was a nice place. like A lot like Cleveland, I thought. Well, like Cleveland, a little bigger. So I, someone asked me once, like, what's the population of Cleveland? I'm like, I don't know, a million or something? <laughs> How much is it? I, I don't How much do you think? <laughs> Based upon my uh, <laughs> my response, five hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. Oh wow, that's good. I think. How big's in uh, Minneapolis? Minneapolis, four hundred thousand. All right, so it's a little bit bigger than we are. Correct. So, uh, St. Paul is actually probably more the size of Cleveland. Oh, okay. Uh, so St. Paul. So combined, St. Paul and Minneapolis is about seven hundred thousand. But yeah, they definitely their their buildings are taller. Well, they well they have more taller buildings, mm-hmm. so it kind of sets a little more of a. A uh, cityscape, but but it was good. I was there for a um, vocation direction conference. So Father Mike McCandless is the vocation director of the diocese. So he meets with um, people, young people, older people, kind of discerning like what God is calling them to in their lives, uh, along the lines of vocation. So priesthood, religious life, uh, consecrated life, um, uh, all kinds of things. So uh, and largely with us focusing on priesthood, you know. So guys coming to the seminary, how do we? How do we help walk with you know uh, younger guys who are um, interested in the seminary and think God is calling them there? And how do we help them kind of work through their life and their situation, and the things they're they're kind of dealing with to to be able to give that yes of opening their lives to God in the seminary? So it's very interesting. Uh, a lot of a lot of sitting. It was like six hours a day of oh, just wow. uh, of, of lectures, but but it was fruitful. I'm excited to see what what will happen from it. So the Father McCandless said in. It, I might be remembering this wrong. So he said it takes like 12 different invitations to somebody. Have you ever thought about being a priest or religious? Was it similar to that? Like what was your yeah, takeaway from that? It definitely the... takes a little tu- a little bit, many little touch points. But what stood out to me was, is that majority, there's a lot of, there's a lot of young men who think about the priesthood at some point in their life. 
much more than we would ever realize. But it's basically this, the statistic is that only about 30% of priests will kind of reach out to someone and actually, you know, invite them to consider the seminary or something. So there's a kind of a, a lower number of, of priests and other people who will actually reach out. Um, but there's a high percentage of, of, of those people who have thought about it, that if they had someone ask them about it, they would consider it. Now, I thought so. what I remember Father McCann was saying, too, is it's the community's responsibility. Yeah to also invite people. So if you see somebody who looks like they would make a good priest, like the server that they're in the middle of a snowstorm and right. um, the high school kid that continues to serve. Right, yeah. Or, oh. There's something there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't be afraid, too. That's like, you know, not just kind of joking around, like, oh, you be lo- you look good in black or something, yeah. you know. But, like, really, like, at really calling them to, like, you know, I think you'd be a good priest. Like, you know, I think you'd be a good religious. I think you'd be good, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to call each other, you know, on what we see in it, in each other. And I know that was true of me. So, but yeah, so good things, good things with that. We had a family game night. We did. The other night, how'd that go? We had about 60 people. We had 23 adults and the rest were kids. Yeah. So um, Sarah Smith and Nicole Cassidy planned it and they brought it to life. Crushed it. And it was just amazing. I mean, right now my office still has some fun stuff in it. Yeah, we um, have uh, ultimate uh, frisbee, ultimate frisbee uh, chain kind of things, some hula hoops, some hula hoops, uh, marshmallow sticks. <laughs> so um, we're excited for the next one, which is going to be some kind of a fall festival pumpkin cool. event. Pumpkin carving. I I don't know if we're carving them here or they're carving them at home and leaving yeah. the mess at home and bring oh, them in. Yeah, bring markers here. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> it should be fun though. Yeah, um, we're gonna meet about that in the next couple of days. Yeah, but really trying to connect you know younger families with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a great uh, great effort. You know, kind of kind of do that, and it was a lot of fun too. Yeah, we ended with a little prayer around the campfire. One of my favorite things. We did. We did. Marshmallows around the campfire. The other favorite thing. Oh yeah. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Father Fred gave golf cart rides yeah. <laughs> to all the kids. Exactly. I thought that was fun. For sure. So it was great. Yeah. Anything Anything else fun you've been doing? Nope. Just been binge watching uh, The Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. I love that show. It's yeah. just their humor is... Sheldon. Yeah. Between Sheldon and, and all the characters of how they interact and miss each other's communication sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just... <laughs> Fun to watch. It reminds me there are people like Sheldon in the world that, yeah, that really don't get some jokes, and you have to be gentle with. <laughs> Can so. you sing the theme song? You know what? I wish I could, but no. <laughs> it's okay. I put you on no, the spot. I could do. Don't know much about history. That's yeah. about it. All I know. So, hey, you know. How about you? What you been up to? It's good. It's it's good fun. Um, yeah, just uh, been plugging away. Just at parish life and different things. Um, Went on a bike ride you know, last week, so that was that was good. Much much lower this year with the with the with the the lack of uh, well, pandemic is still going on, but we're yeah. we're still th- things are functioning somewhat normally. So I think I'm down like 400 miles from where I was last. I did about 600 miles last year. Oh wow! So, but yeah, That's no, it's good. it's good. You get it in while you can. So yep, I've been trying to do two miles a day hiking. Yeah. Um, and that's been pretty good. It's been really, it's just nice to be out in nature. Yeah. You know, and just kind of chill. Mm. Speaking of uh, Big Bang Theory, though, did you know uh, that the Big Bang Theory, uh, the actual Big Bang Theory, 
was developed uh, and thought up, um, more or less, by uh, a Catholic priest. I did not know that. I thought it was just kind of like your regular scientist, atheist person that came up with it. No, yeah. So news, uh, news to the world. Uh, yeah, the Big Bang Theory was actually um, thought up by uh, a Catholic priest, uh, Father George Lamatre. Uh, I don't know if I'm. <laughs> I, don't, I never took French, so I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. But um, yeah, he was a. It was a, a French priest. Uh, I don't know if he was a religious order or not. Um, but he, um, you know, went to MIT, studied at Cambridge and Harvard, and he was always kind of coming up with uh, with with theories and different things. And yeah, he was one of the first to kind of pioneer this idea of the Big Bang uh, theory. Uh, and actually, kind of interestingly, I, Albert Einstein would almost didn't believe this theory in the beginning. So, who yeah. <laughs> would have thought? Oh, Catholic priest is maybe smarter than Albert Einstein, right? So, not only was he a priest, but he was also a scholar. Correct. So, um, I think that's the really cool thing is you don't have to just be a priest and not like exist outside of priesthood. Yeah. Is that it encompasses more? The world, uh, the humanity, world. Mm-hmm. you know, life. Yeah, I mean, you can you can have many loves and desires, you know, as a priest. I know there's a lot of priests who have come from, uh, you know, engineering backgrounds and uh, and all kinds of stuff. So, but uh, but yeah, but I think I think of the I think the point we want we want to make today is that you know there is a real relationship with between faith and science. You know, sometimes we can uh, we can hear from our culture that you know faith and science are opposed to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they can't really, they contradict each other and, you know, they don't really make sense. And so one has to win at the end of the day. You know, either you have to be a person of faith or you have to, you have to, you know, be a science person. You have to follow the science and all, and all those things. But, you know, uh, Catholicism believes that both are true uh, and both are good because uh, they've both been given to us um, by God. One of my favorite examples is science can tell you why how a cake was made like all the different ingredients where theology would tell you why the cake was made Mm -hmm. so the science can tell you how the world works at least with the knowledge we have today Mm -hmm. where theology tells you why god created the world and what our role in the world would be yeah yeah or like you know to break down you know the um why something tastes a particular way you know so like a molecular you know um Mm -hmm. Science, scientists could could tell you like okay the the structure of the atoms and this thing and that thing as to why things taste a certain way but like it can't explain to you the experience you know, of mm-hmm. eating a cake or right. something like that or um, or why it was made right um, right those are the things that that theology well in theology was it Anselm who said theology means faith seeking understanding right and people are always trying to seek how is the world they're trying to understand how the world was made or mm-hmm. how the world uh, operates yeah and theology tries to figure out you know what's it mean to mm-hmm. be part of this whole thing right yeah um saint pope uh, john ball ii um who wrote a lot of things uh one of his um one of his great uh, kind of truths that he shared with the world was um, is a doc and a document called Fides et Ratio uh, in in Latin, but it, so it means faith and reason. Uh, and he used this image of like faith and reason are the two wings, you know, that elevate the soul mm-hmm. to to the truth. So, um, so first and foremost, we believe in truth as Catholics uh, that it's something that we discover in reality, 
and that you know, kind of like a bird, you know, it's two wings. Always, you, you can't imagine a bird, you know, flying with one wing, right? It wouldn't, wouldn't it work. Wouldn't go very far. Wouldn't work very well, right? <laughs> um, and whether that's whether that one wing is faith or is science, you know, you have to have two to have a balanced approach in life. And really coming to know, you know, both things very deeply is only going to help someone more. Coming to know faith more deeply and really what is our faith saying? And really coming to know sci- the science and really where is this, what is this science saying? Where is this science coming from? And yeah, so, I mean, case in point, like evolution, this could be a whole podcast, but like evolution is something we can believe, you know, as Catholics, that we acknowledge that the universe uh, came from somewhere. And the Big Bang Theory, like, yeah, the, the world, the universe did have a certain beginning. Um, and we can hold that to be true in relation to Genesis, uh, which tells kind of the story of creation in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a whole that's a whole different podcast of explaining, mm-hmm. you know, why that is. But um, but as Catholics, we can hold uh, both of those to be true, right? And I think Genesis explains the why that God loves us, God created us, right? We always didn't see life the way God did and end up in trouble. Yeah, where uh, astrophysics looks at how does the universe work, you know. Right. But it doesn't tell us what our role in it is. Right. It's really a lot of thinking going, like, what does it mean to be me? And what's mm-hmm. got purpose for me to be here? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. so I got a, as part of this comes from, uh, I got this little book. Um, so Word on Fire is, um, so Bishop Barron uh, kind of runs this online ministry called Word on Fire. Uh, and he has this, in, they have this, developed this institute now. So they're coming out with publications and different things. But uh, it's a book called Brilliant! Exclamation mark. Uh, 25 Catholic scientists, mathematicians, and super smart people. <laughs> so it's actually written for kids, so it's kind of like a grade school book. Uh, and it's great, great pictures in it. Uh, it's really beautiful. Uh, and it has, you know, so 25 different people who are Catholics, uh, obviously people of faith who are also people of science, you know, and they were some of the pioneers in whatever they did, um, whether it was, you know, the Big Bang Theory uh, or... Um, uh, Braille, so Lewis Braille, uh, so developed you know the the system where you know there's dots and everything for mm-hmm. people who can't see. He was a Catholic, all kinds of things. So we just wanted to take you know a couple of these saints and kind of just talk about their uh, couple, a couple of these Catholics and just talk about their lives because it'd be kind of interesting. So yeah, you know, so who who did you look up? Uh, I looked up um, Nicholas Copernicus because I always heard that the church. And Copernicus were at odds against each other. Right. That's at least the story we're usually told. Yeah, but as they researched him out, he was born around 1470, 1473. And his big claim to fame is he was looking at the calendar, the Julian calendar at the time, which Mm -hmm. is how kind of everybody kept time. Yeah. And he said there was like some missing minutes. Like it was not precise enough to be correct yeah and everybody thought that the earth was at the center of the solar system and all the planets and the sun kind of rotated around us because we're human and we're more important than everything else well you know (laughs) i guess you're always on the winning team you know so copernicus goes no something's wrong here so he said that the sun was in the middle and everything rotated around the sun Mm -hmm. 
Well, heliocentric. Helio, as opposed to what was the other one? Um, mm. I forget what the other one Earth-centric. was. Earth-centric. Earth-centric. <laughs> Me-centric. Us. Uh, eccentric. <laughs> I don't know. So um, he proposed, you know, proposed that the sun was in the center. Well, that kind of threw everybody into a tailspin. Yeah. Because Psalm ninety-three says that the world will surely stand in place and never be moved. So like all the scripture people and all the fundamentalists that read scripture said, no, sun, the earth can't be in the middle, right. or it has to be in the middle, because it doesn't move. Yeah. So Copernicus got permission to write his book and to publish his book. And two years later, the church said, wait, can we just hold this for a second before we explore it? So as other scientists affirm this, then the church went back and said, you can keep publishing your material. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the church works slowly because otherwise they'd be just jumping on every crazy thought that happened. For sure. So um, Copernicus and the church, Copernicus was a third order Dominican, mm-hmm. which meant he was like a lay person that followed the Dominican um, rule. Yeah. But um, him and the church got along together really, really well. It's just they asked them to take a break for a bit so they could research it. That's yeah. all. Yeah. So interesting. Um, yeah. So I. Uh, so my the first uh, saint I chose was uh, George Lemaitre, who was uh, the founder of the uh, Big Bang theory, uh, and that was in I don't know, nineteen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, I think, something around there. Uh, that my the other saint I chose uh, was uh, Saint Hildegard of of Bingen. Uh, so she lived in the uh, 12th century, and uh, tons of things that she did. Um, a philosopher, a pharmacist, a playwright, a musician, a botanist, uh, and a doctor of the church. So wow. I don't know what yours is on your resume. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> not all that. <laughs> a, doc- a doctor of the church means, um, so not... Uh, uh, like doctor, doctor. Yeah, no. yeah, not, uh, not, yeah, not like Check Up Charlie kind of uh, mm-hmm. doctor, but... Uh, so, it, like, they teach the faith in a way that is um, exemplary. So they know uh, so much about the faith intellectually or experientially that they, they, they convey the faith to others in a very, very potent kind of way. Uh, but she grew up in, uh, in Germany, and she was in charge of a, a Benedictine mon- uh, convent. And she really loved to write. Uh, so she, write, she wrote all kinds of plays and different things. Um, developed actually a, a secret language that, that she that they used in this, wow. um, but she also was gifted in science and she knew uh, medicine and botany really well. So she studied herbs uh, and their medical uh, effects. She treated uh, all kinds of illnesses in hospitals, and she wrote two uh, pretty long books on medicine, uh, Physica and Causa et Curiae. I don't, it's uh, Latin for cause and effect, maybe. Oh, that's good. Um, you know, so that like, makes yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so just healing uh, and and bodies. So, just amazing. You know, just of all these things. You know that you know, she was full of life. You know, just really wanted to know uh, all about the world uh, and uh, know know about God uh, too. So that's pretty cool. We were talking about vocations before, and when I was working in high school campus ministry, a lot of times I would ask kids, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And they would tell me, and I said, well, have you ever prayed about, you know, what God's calling you to? Mm-hmm. And they would go, no. And I'd ask why. And they would say, because I'm afraid God's going to tell me to do something other than what I want to do, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Sometimes we just assume that's going to be. Yeah, because God wired us the way we're wired. So why would God, like, I'm never going to be a mathematician. I can't do that. Right, right. (laughs) Um, So God wouldn't call me to be a mathematician. Mm -hmm. Um, I looked at this Maria, Catania, and Yezi. Mm-hmm. So if you know how to pronounce her name, I'm really sorry. I kind of butchered it. Uh, but she was an Italian mathematician, a philosopher, a theologian, a humanitarian. Um, and she it was a big deal that she was a woman and a mathematician. Yeah. She was the she could take calculus. Did you ever take calculus? Nope. Me neither. She could take <laughs> calculus and make it understandable for people. Which, which is a gift. was a gift to begin with, right. much less because she was a woman back then. Um, and she wrote the this textbook that everybody kind of referred to. But she was an intellectual person as well as a mystic. She liked to contemplate the, the mysteries of life. Yeah. And when her husband died, um, she got all this money. She was like the richest person in Italy. And she gives it all away, and she just serves the poor. She like creates this um, hospital for the poor. Hmm. And here's this lady who, you know, is a brilliant mathematician, but also could care for the poor. Yeah. So there is hope if you want to do something in academics and also want to do something in faith. You can do both. Right. Yeah. So it's just really interesting to have these um, these examples. And I wanted to touch on this earlier, but, you know, so a lot of, I mean, science really came from the Catholic Church in a very real sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least kind of what we, what we understand it. Um, a lot of, a lot of the, the scientific institutions were, were first um, kind of um, developed by people within the church. Uh, and actually the Vatican has an observatory. I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually have an observatory to look out at the stars and, you know, as Christians, we, we believe in a God who is a creator, and but we also believe in a God that can be known. So Jesus is God incarnate, you know, kind of, you know, in the flesh. So, you know, we God can be known in a real way. So we're, you know, pre-Christianity, uh, you had um, kind of pagan religions, they would worship creation. And so they didn't really kind of want to dive into it and di- dissect it and come to know it in a very real way versus uh, Christianity really wanted to come to know all about creation because God created it mm-hmm. and the more we come to know creation we come to know God and I think that's really true in a lot of ways whether it's kind of the macro level of science uh, to see how big the universe is uh, and vast it is and how you know God's working in these huge ways uh, to kind of you know, still expanding you know the universe um, or in the micro levels, you know, um, with quantum uh, quantum physics and all this stuff, how there's still relationship, you know, within uh, the universe, you know, as atoms are kind of passing uh, by each other. Uh, that God's kind of written into everything. So, so yeah, faith and faith and reason, religion and science, not opposed to each other, um, but actually complement each other. That's uh, kind of what, what we wanted to kind of explore just a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as you're sitting looking at the stars tonight, or you're in the middle of a pine forest just kind of sitting and chilling out, or you're driving and being amazed by how they can move all these cars on a normal day with pretty much fluid (laughs) ease, um, 
maybe think about what's your purpose in life and what God's calling you to do in the midst of all this creation. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, let's offer this time uh, with just a little prayer. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and gracious God, we thank, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of this day. Thanks and praise uh, for the gift uh, of our world, uh, of creation, uh, of the sciences which you have given to us, ways we can come to know truth, ways we can come to know our universe. We thank you for all the, uh, the many Catholic scientists who have come to know uh, so much about our universe and shared it with us. We ask you to continue to inspire them uh, with wonder that all that they do is rooted not just in our world, but is rooted in you. We ask you to be with us and bless us in our days. Keep us safe. Strengthen us to always do your will, uh, no matter where we are. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. By the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, hey, have a good day. Have a good week. No matter what you're doing. So. Yep. And send us an email if you want us to cover a special topic or if you need us to pray for something or if you have an insight into faith and reason. That's right. All right. Have a good day. Thanks, everybody. God bless.